This is Create Love, Create Freedom Podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, I want to talk about one of the secret weapons that the feminine has. And this is part of tapping into her dark feminine nature and essence, particularly when she begins to really understand that she has both light feminine qualities as well as dark feminine qualities within her. And that is becoming a bit mysterious. Um, This makes her much more powerful, much more attractive, much more sensual, um, much more irresistible, not only to the masculine, but what I have also found is that to women as well. Um, This tends to be kind of part of the mindset that she creates out of her dark feminine in order to really build the life that she wants. And what I have found is that both men and women are very drawn to this kind of woman. Now, I do think it's really important to discuss the fact that some women, based upon their feminine archetype, they are not naturally very mysterious. So one of the feminine archetypes that I have, it is, I would say, a stronger archetype, but not one of my absolute strongest. That is the maiden archetype. And the maiden, interestingly enough, has a lot of connection to both the light and the dark feminine, um, because in her core maiden space, K-O-R-E, as the Greeks would say, Um, Persephone was very much the dependent daughter. She was very much the sexually unawakened woman. She was the woman who needed love and attention and affection and praise from both men, but also particularly her mother. And Then, you know, she is, at least according to myth, she is abducted by Hades. Although I will say uh, there have been some very good romance books that I've read uh, recently that really bring in the Hades Persephone story and the stories of the underworld. And I love how authors have kind of changed how that looks. Because the truth is, we know coming from myth that many of the female deities have been stripped of their power. So if we look at Zeus, sky god, and we look at Hera, who he chooses to marry, Hera was actually older than he was and much more powerful. But he strips her of her power um, in order to rule, in order to Uh, decide to really take her as a wife. And so I find it really interesting that in Greek myth, also Roman myth, uh, women are historically stripped of a lot of their power. So who knows, you know, what the, what Persephone was, right, before uh, she went into the underworld. Was it a pairing with Hades? Was it an abduction? Was it a rape? You know, it's kind of hard to who know. But what I find really interesting is due to her time in the underworld. 
um, which again, in a couple of these books that I've read, have really been much more, uh, instead of just about death, it was kind of that transitionary period for people. And Persephone learned how to bring a lot of her dark feminine traits. She began to self-source her own power. I like to talk about it as becoming the sovereign queen of your own right. She also took control of her sensuality and her pleasure. Uh, she became a force of chaos to some degree. She had deep devotion to Hades. Um, there was a, a mysticism, uh, a magic, and an esoteric quality to the underworld. She paired desire, passion, rage into complete and utter transformation. Because when Persephone comes forth out of the underworld, especially the first time, she is transformed and leaves the underworld as the queen of the underworld. And what I find really interesting about the, the Persephone kind of space is that in, you know, kind of modern day women, Persephone women are generally, they're the kind of women who wear their heart on their sleeve a bit. So they tend to not kind of show up in this kind of more mysterious space. Same thing is true with the mother um, archetype, which is Demeter, and also the queen archetype, which is Hera. The archetypes that do show up as having a bit more of the mystery, that, that kind of mysterious allure, uh, can be the lover archetype. Um, this is a woman, you know, so Aphrodite, this is the woman who has both the warm and the cool qualities, although Aphrodite is, and the lover is a an archetype of connection. Um, creativity, sensuality, sexuality, eroticism, you know, all those things as well. This is also the woman who, that's that self-actualizing part of who we are. That's that magnetic, raw, creative, feminine energy. But this is also still a woman who is one unto herself. Now, the huntress archetype or Artemis, the sage archetype, which is Athena, and the mystic archetype, which is Hestia. These are all definitely archetypes who are a bit more mysterious. There is both a hot and a cold quality when, or I should say warm and cool quality, when paired with the lover archetype. And the um, mystic is called the goddess. Um, that happens to be one of my strongest archetypes as well as the combination of the lover, then the sage, which is the sophisticate. And what I have really found is that this kind of warm and cool qualities, it not only serves in terms of seduction, um, it not only serves in terms of attracting the kind of man that I'm looking for, but it is also something that serves me because I'm able to see life with more of a bird's eye perspective. Because I have a bit of detachment. And if you would like to go a lot deeper in detachment, 
excuse me, I have done a podcast episode on that. So uh, dig a little deep in there, scroll for a while, and you will eventually find it. Um, but one of the interesting things as well is that I think that both maiden, mother, and queen women can really benefit from time to time being the, certainly being the woman who is very open, uh, you know, uh, a bit more extroverted, wears her heart on her sleeve to some degree. But I also think that she benefits from bringing in some of these dark feminine traits and adding a little bit of mystery from time to time, particularly when it's a situation where she needs to bring in a huntress energy, where she is going after a goal, where she needs to bring in, um, you know, a, a bit of like her head energy, right? Where she is thinking through strategically kind of placing herself on on a chessboard, whether it's in business, whether it's in a relationship, you know, kind of not losing her head, but instead using her mind to kind of say, you know what, a little bit of distance is needed. And certainly the mystic as well, both, <clears throat> excuse me, both the huntress and the, particularly the sage archetypes are very much about going out into the world. Um, not simply just for external validation, but they are looking for uh, conquering external goals, while the mystic is very much turning inward. And I think it can be incredibly useful for maiden, mother, and queen women to develop a little bit of this mystery, a little bit of this kind of space to allow people to you know, imagine. It leaves something to their imagination. Um, it's a little bit exotic. It's that hot and cold energy or that warm and that cool energy where a person just can't quite figure you out. There are times when you do need to hold your cards a little close to your vest. And I personally think that bringing in a bit of this more mystery, uh, utilizing some of these dark feminine traits can help you create the kind of life that you're looking for. Now, I also think that this is very helpful for women who are both the wounded feminine, uh, the distorted feminine, and they're finally kind of moving into that awakened space where they say, oh, I've got some wounds and some trauma, some things that I need to heal. I'm attracting these kinds of unhealthy men, particularly if they're the wounded and the distorted. But I think in their uh, awakened space, creating a little bit of mystery creates a little bit of distance. So they're either not kind of pushing men away in their distorted space, or they're not trying to kind of cling to men in their wounded feminine space, the wounded feminine energy. And I think that this really sets a woman up in order to say, what is it that I want? What am I, you know, working towards? What am I trying to heal? What kind of life am I trying to create for myself? And in that process, how do I also make sure that I'm 
that I am really repatterning a lot of the wounds and the trauma? How am I really changing the kind of relationships, you know, the, the old patterns of relationships that I was having with men in the past? Am I able to do that? And I think by creating a little bit of mystery, not only creates allure and attraction and seduction, but I think it also puts a woman really in the driver's seat of her own power. Um, it's it's a little bit kind of like wearing black. I did a little bit of research um, over the past few days. I, I find the color black very interesting, particularly when we look at it, um, you know, with our personality. And black is the color of power. It's interesting because black is a color that never goes out of style. Just like a little bit of mystery, well-placed. It is important at times to not be so mysterious and to actually let, you know, the man that you're interested in or the man who really wants to build a life with you, it's important to let him in. Then you need to be using uh, some more of those light feminine qualities and that feminine receptivity. You need to soften. But there are times when I think that the mystery gives you a source of elegance. It gives you a source of sophistication. And I think that it reflects the kind of personality that you are creating or coming home to maybe when you are in that space of really grabbing life by the lapels really deciding and saying, you know what? I am tired of living in this old way. I am tired of putting myself last. I am tired of, you know, um, trying to chase after men or being angry at men. I'm trying to, I'm tired of trying to compete with men. I'm tired tired of trying to be better than men, or I'm tired of trying to show men that I am worthy. And so I think that kind of mystery really allows us to step into this space of, you know, I I know what I want. I am also going to make sure that I that I take a step back so that I can detach from the situation. I can assess, I can determine which direction I need to go in order to really move my life forward. Um, I also think, again, getting back to the color of black, and then this kind of era, this dark feminine era that we're using when we're kind of combining with this mystery. Um, and then also looking at some of the archetypes, like, uh, again, the huntress, um, the sage, the mystic, and the lover. We're also building an authentic confidence within ourselves. We are we're really, I would say, putting ourselves first, which to some people will look like selfishness, but to us is simply taking good care of ourselves and not being willing to always be on the back burner, not being willing to, you know, just, um, you know, it's very good to flow with life. But I think it's another thing when we act like a doormat. And when we always defer to someone else based upon what we want um, <clears throat> and always put kind of their needs first. 
So that's what this kind of era, you know, kind of the villainous era, this this mystery really kind of comes into play. And I think another, you know, kind of um I would say trait, along with the divine or the dark feminine traits, and also along with, you know, a few of these different archetypes. I think it's also taking a few key notes from and key traits from um, sigma, sigma female women. So this is your introverted alpha. This is the woman who is the introverted leader. She's independent. She's introspective. She sometimes likes to work alone. She's intriguing. She's also very mysterious. Again, that warm and that cool kind of together. So when we think about women who are fairly mysterious, um, when I think about that kind of with myself, although there are things that I share here on the podcast, there is a lot about me that I don't share because those are things just for me. And I think one of the most important things is to not always be available to other people. Mysterious women show up in a way that it's not that they don't reply to people, to people's texts, uh, call back, you know, whatever, but it's more a, it's more kind of operating from the space that she has her own life. She goes after the things that she wants. She's this very disciplined person. And she also isn't always available for you. So if you want her time, if you want her attention, she will offer that and give that to you. But she will only do so when you are also bringing good things to her. Otherwise, she's either going to create some distance, but she's also, I think that this is one of the ways that we as women really create a lot of seduction, right, with a man. Um, keep that attraction alive. This is one of the the things that we do to pace a relationship. We're not always available. If he wants my time and attention, I will give that to him. But not always. But it, and I've already got these other things, so we're going to have to work around some of these things. And then what that will also do is that will of course, be very good for us because we have this other life. So even if this relationship doesn't work out or this job or this friendship or whatever it is that we've got going on, we've got all these other things that we're doing. And again, I don't mean all these other things from the place of just absolutely jam-pack your entire schedule. Sometimes I'm not always available because I'm going to bed at 9 p.m. Or 10 p.m. Um, I'm not always available because I'm spending time alone in solitude. I'm reading. I'm, you know, working out. I'm going on a walk. I am going to the spa and treating myself really well. You, no one has access to me for that hour that I am doing hydrotherapy. There are very few now. Again, I don't have children, and you know, I don't have a spouse, and so um, you know, almost anybody else I can get back to in an hour. You don't need my time and my attention for that 
period of time. So I think that that's a very important thing to really consider. Um, I think going along with that, it's very important for the woman who wants to create a little bit more mystery, uh, wants to learn how to kind of put herself first, to also create a little bit of that seductive appeal, that attraction, is that she also doesn't let everyone influence her. She's very selective about who she allows into her inner circle and who can influence her. She's assertive, but she does so from a very kind of quiet place. Now, her energy kind of feels that way. On the other hand, this is a woman who is not afraid of speaking up for herself. If you are a woman who struggles with that, let's say, uh, and I was definitely that woman for a very long period of time, do it slowly. Um, the more that you work through your own wounds and trauma, the more you will build that authentic confidence, the more that you will know who you are, the more that you will be breaking down some of those self-sabotaging behaviors, those uh, self-limiting beliefs. And you will be looking at your social circle and you will be saying, I don't like the influence that those people have on me. I'm going to limit their influence. Um, for me, one of the big things is to really pause when someone either tells me, gives me their opinion, and says, you should do it like this. I will consider, is this the kind of person that like, I'm okay accepting um, their, their opinion, their advice, their guidance? And what I've really tried to do is cultivate the kind of friend group. Um, same thing with any sort of man that I'm dating. Oh, I'm not dating a man or, you know, getting into a relationship with a man or marrying a man who I don't want influencing me. I'm only choosing someone who can help correct me from time to time and really say, hey, you know, um, did you think about it this way? Or gosh, Allison, like you're a little out of line on this one. And so their influence is actually creating a better life for me rather than, you know, kind of, um, kind of adding a lot of nonsense to my life. And I think that that's another thing as well that mysterious woman does is she really stays away from a lot of drama. She cares a lot less about what other people think or say or do. Um, this is the kind of woman who, again, is very selective on her friendships. Um, she doesn't, she doesn't live from this place of constantly needing gossip, constantly needing to know about simply other people, right? She's not just interested in what others are doing, but she's really interested in, you know, um, the kind of knowledge space. So it's not people that's the focus, it's more ideas. And she really steps away from those friendships, from those office, you know, uh, maybe people in her place of work that are very gossipy or 
There's a bunch of drama or nonsense. And she begins to become very in tune with sussing that out very quickly. So one of the other things that she does is that when, so like for me, when I notice, you know, so if I'm in a space and someone is new, right? I will give them, of course, the benefit of the doubt. And, uh, you know, like when I get to know them and whatnot, sometimes I can kind of feel immediately the kind of vibe either, yep, this is good. This is going to work out. This is kind of an interesting person or not. But I allow them to show me who they are over time. And if they bring any sort of drama, I'm out. I will then put some distance. Um, I don't, of course, treat anyone poorly. I don't ace anyone out, but I'm also not certainly as open. I'm not the kind of person who will share a lot of things with the kind of people who bring a lot of drama. And one of the beautiful things is, you know, I'm able to focus on all of the really great things that I am trying to build in my life because I eliminate the drama. I don't spend time around, you know, those kinds of people. I think another trait as well of a woman who's very mysterious is she has a calm presence. Um, it does not mean that she does not feel the chaos. It does not mean that she doesn't feel some of that kind of inner rage, right? Because being in, in touch with her dark feminine means she feels that kind of rage. But she brings a calmness to all sorts of situations, particularly when things don't go her way. And instead, what she really does is she, you know, will have and, and utilize that kind of emotional state when she's not around other people. I think it's really important to check your emotions when in the presence of others. Now, the other, the kind of flip side is that we really need to still be in touch with our emotions and our feelings, particularly as feminine women, but doing it in kind of more of that appropriate time. I don't need to rage at this person. But instead, what I am going to do is I'm going to feel all my feelings. Sometimes I'm going to cry, but I'm going to do so maybe in the privacy of my own home. So I'm just simply going to manage my emotions in front of other people and stay incredibly calm. Even when, it, particularly on the outside, sometimes for me, I think particularly being an INFJ, um, I can get a lot of that grip stress and it's kind of like this inner, I, I don't know any better way to describe it than um, um, like inner chaos, inner, like it's almost like humming and buzzing and it's it's like this um, very anxious kind of energy. But it's interesting because most people can't tell from the outside because I remain calm on the outside, even when some of the other stuff on the inside maybe doesn't feel quite that way. Another thing when it comes to women who are very mysterious, we tend to be incredibly unique women. 
These are the women who are very free-thinking, very curious, very independent. These are the women who don't need to follow social norms in order to, you know, kind of, again, gain that attention, that validation. She gets all of that from herself. She has learned how to, again, manage her emotions and whatnot, but she's also very much the kind of woman who shows up in her unique way, whether it's, you know, her etiquette, the way that she speaks. Um, this is also in the way that maybe she dresses. Um, this shows up in simply her posture, the way that she walks. Posture is an interesting thing, and, and etiquette, I think, as well. Dark, but women who have access to their dark feminine, women who are mysterious, they have incredibly good posture. It's not a, an aggressive or a better than you are posture, but it's very much a self-possessed kind of posture. I know who I am. I am... I am fully confident in who I am. Another thing as well for women who are mysterious, speaking of clothing, they are not the kind of women who show every single body part. We have a lot of women like that. They're not the women who are going to post, you know, the bikini photos necessarily on social media from the, you know, from that kind of, uh, those those very, those very specific kinds of ankles, right? It's one thing to, you know, be standing next to your, your husband and your kids and that kind of thing. And you happen to be wearing, you know, a bathing suit, but she's the kind of woman who leaves something to the imagination, both in her conversation, as well as the kinds of clothing that she wears. And particularly in a society, speaking of uniqueness, right? In a society where less, uh, you know, where wearing less uh, means that you get more followers, more likes, more comments from men, whatever, she's living countercultural. That kind of thing doesn't bother her, uh, isn't of interest to her. And also, in addition to that, she's the kind of woman who doesn't overshare on social media. Oh, she might post a few things here and there, but is it necessary? Do people need to know everything about me? No, they don't. There can be this kind of there there can be this connection with other people on social media, but then there can also be this mysteriousness, this air of mystery. So I can be both. I can connect with people and share little things about my life, but I can also keep a lot close to the vest. I don't need to overshare anything. Um, and again, this is part of that uniqueness. Most of the time, mysterious uh, women who bring again that, that warm and that cool energy at the same time they are the kinds of women who are unique because they're not showing every body part. You know, those, those incredibly classy, classic, seductive women, they may have a plunging neckline, but everything else is covered. They may show, um, they may have a slit all the way up to their thigh. 
but the rest is covered. They might have long sleeves on as well. They might have the dress that is, you know, um, again, the long sleeves and goes all the way to the floor. It has an open, subtle seductivity. It's this really beautiful kind of place where here's a little bit. Here's a little bit of who I am. It does not necessarily mean that, you know, because uh, again, we want to create that, that authentic version of ourselves, but we don't need to show that authenticity to simply anyone. Another quality I have found of the the woman who's pretty deeply mysterious. She, again, she keeps things to herself. She opens up slowly. Now, this can be particularly difficult for women who are maiden, mother, or queen women. And I think that's why this kind of, these kinds of traits, kind of mysterious, this kind of dark feminine energy and traits can be very useful because there are men who really love that about you. There are a lot of men who can also really exploit that. And so I think it's really important to learn to keep a few things to yourself, to learn to, um, even if you're the kind of woman who doesn't simply open up slowly, learn to open up just a little bit more slowly pace things just a little bit. Another trait of the very mysterious woman is she's fairly independent. That does not mean that she is unwilling to be interdependent in a relationship, but it does mean particularly when she's single, she's pretty independent. She goes after what she wants in life. She takes care of herself with her own money. She has goals and she achieves them. She likes ambitious people who are always improving themselves. Um, one of the traits I have found in very mysterious women, women who have embraced their dark feminine side as well, these are women who really like ambitious men. And in regards to that, she's the kind of woman who really chooses her partners very carefully. Again, that slowly opening up. She's aware of her value and her worth. She's high maintenance. Um, she won't settle. She really needs her sexual reciprocal in the in the kind of relationship. So she's deeply feminine. She needs a man who's really deeply masculine. That's one of the beautiful things I think as well about that mysteriousness. And, you know, again, if you are a woman who is, um, you know, the, the maiden, the mother, or the queen, bring a little bit of that, um, that mystery in. Being the woman who's also very, who's pretty open, but occasionally has a little bit of that mystery or slows things down a little bit can draw people to you. Again, both men and women, but particularly men in relationships. They really appreciate that as well. But again, when choosing her partners, the mysterious woman, the, the seductive woman, the woman who's in touch with that dark feminine energy, 
She has very high standards. Again, why she's high maintenance, just high standards. Now, when she is single and she is independent, you know, kind of on her own, she provides all those things for herself with her own money. Um, I have also found that, you know, when you add this kind of dark feminine energy into your life, this mystery, you really want to achieve um, some really beautiful things in your life. And some of that can even simply be taking a step back, not climbing the corporate ladder, and instead being really deep in your feminine and maybe also, you know, gardening, right? Uh, spending time, you know, outside, one and to yourself. But she's really looking for that man who's that equal man. Another thing as well, I think is really interesting about the woman who's pretty deeply mysterious. She tends to have a sense of humor. Um, humor is a very attractive quality. And I don't simply mean the self-deprecating humor. Actually, one of the things that I have really learned is to is is to really look at people's humor. Is it self-deprecating? Because that generally will show some sort of insecurities. Pay attention to what they're self-deprecating about and what they're not self-deprecating about. But I think that this is another way that the mysterious woman holds people's attention, keeps their interest, keeps them interested, leaves something to the imagination, but also really kind of shows that that conversationalist within her. She can be funny. She can be, again, the, the humor shows a little bit of the openness, which is that warm energy. And yet so many of the other traits of the mysterious woman is kind of the cool energy. So when you get a bit of both, it it's very it's very magnetizing. Making people laugh really gives them a space to to kind of wonder about you particularly when the humor is incredibly well-placed and it is, you know, it's it's really um, very kind of applicable to what's going on in that conversation. One of the other things as well that I find really interesting about very kind of mysterious women or women who, um, you know, bring in a lot of that dark feminine energy because these are women who have generally worked so hard on themselves, because um, a lot of times what I've personally found is it doesn't necessarily mean that you had all of these traits to kind of begin with. But what I have found is because a woman has a lot of self, uh, excuse me, self-sourced power, she's the sovereign queen of her own right. Uh, she's done a lot with her own transformation. What I have found is that these are women who have learned how to become confident and therefore are really excellent communicators. This is the woman who ex- has really learned to clearly express her wants and her needs. 
Um, this is also a lot of times the woman who, because she's so curious about different things, she tends to be the kind of person who is very well-versed and um, a bit worldly, you know, on a, at least on a few topics, right? Um, that's definitely one of the areas that, you know, I continued continue to cultivate, but that I really cultivated in college was, you know, because of my curiosity, because I read so much. Um, I could be very well versed on a lot of topics. Now, at that time, I had done absolutely none of my self-healing work, and I was incredibly self-conscious. And so it always, it, it never really kind of came across quite right then. But now, because I'm very rooted in who I am as a woman, that kind of conversation, that kind of depth to a woman, allowing your intellect to come to the surface as well. With your humor, um, it, it adds a level of mystery. And it also allows you to show multiple aspects of who you are rather than just simply, oh, I'm the well-dressed woman or whatnot, and um, I'm incredibly beautiful. There's this, there's this depth. One of the things as well that I have found really interesting about creating mystery and as well as uh, creating or you know, bringing in the dark feminine traits is it starts to attract the right kind of men. So I think particularly when you tend to be more of the open book kind of woman, learning how to bring that book a little closer to your chest, closing it, and then, you know, holding it up against your body a little bit more, I have found it repels certain kinds or, or distances certain kinds of men who are only looking to exploit because they realize it's not as easy to exploit you. Because they can't just simply use their charm and dazzle you or, you know, um, you know, kind of bamboozle you in any sort of way, right? You you have this depth, you have this thing that gives them pause. And I think that that is, you know, is a really important part of the intellect is is not only the ability to communicate but also being able to very clearly express your your needs and your wants. What what are your expectations of this person, this situation, this business deal, um, you know, this negotiation, this whatever that is uh, in your life? Another kind of trait that I have found as well when it comes to very mysterious women is creating both a signature style, which by the way, can very much evolve over time. Um, this is partly reflected in who you are now, but allowing that to, to change and grow. Uh, one of the people that I enjoy watching is Victoria Beckham. Interestingly, she is a lover and the sage. She's also a sophisticated woman. And, you know, in the beginning, you know, I think people really underestimated her in her, you know, Spice Girl pop career. But the woman has 
spent a lot of time you know, raising her kids, tried to do the solo singing career, did not take off. And then she moved into fashion. And yes, I'm sure that she employs pl- plenty of people that help her with um, not only the business side, you know, uh, crunching the numbers and whatnot, but she brings in her creativity as well as and, and her impeccable style. But she also knows what women want and what women want to wear. And she does so, and, and again, it's not going to work for all women, um, but she definitely has, you know, a certain type of woman. I would say both the um, the sage, the, probably the mystic, um, maybe not so much the mother archetype, if that's one of the strongest, but maybe a little bit of the queen, as long as the queen can add a lot of embellishment to things. Maybe not the queen. Uh, but, you know, think that developing that signature style, and, and one of my favorite things about Victoria Beckham is her style has deeply evolved over time. And again, as she gets older, she creates a different type of elegance, a different type of signature style. And again, this brings out, at least for me, my clothing really brings out my confidence, um, sexiness that I feel within me. Not that other people have to see it that way, but I find myself sexy. And then I think as well, again, that that mysteriousness, that mystery. Um, certainly, you know, you can choose a lot of black and a lot of lace and, you know, the red lips. That's one of my favorite things about um, Taylor Swift is that red lip. Um, it's It's a very bold signature style. And, you know, as well, you know, a signature scent. I think that that really elevates the life. In one of the last podcast episodes, I talked about a new scent that I just got, which is by a company called Fern. F-F-E-R-N. Um, I found them on Instagram, but it is organic small batch um, perfume and it goes by the season. So I just bought winter 2024. It's a beautiful scent. And it's also not kind of like the Victoria's Secret kind of scents that just goes there and permeates. This is a subtle, it, it starts out, you know, with that strength, but then it slides into the background. Funny enough, a little bit like that mysterious woman. Uh, One of the other things as well about a mysterious woman in in the dark feminine is that she's perfectly happy in the spotlight or, you know, to the the most part, uh, to some extent. She also can be in the background without you losing her total presence. This is the woman who, yes, again, can be an expert communicator, an excellent conversationalist, but she also uses silence to either convey what she wants or what she needs, but also to simply listen, um, to be curious about the things going on around her. And I think that this quietness, along with the calm, it really deepens this kind of mystery. She's a woman who talks about herself, but she doesn't talk too much about herself. She is, you know, the person who is, you know, very interesting. She's not desperate for attention. She's not clingy. She's not 
you know, the kind of woman who needs your pension in order to feel deeply validated. And, you know, this kind of means that she will create a little bit of restraint. Just like in her clothing, she will create a little bit of a restraint in what she shares, how she how she moves forward through life. And I think another aspect as well is this is the kind of woman who she can show up as a little bit emotionally detached to other people. Um, so she, you know, has this need for some independence. Um, and so she really uh, pushes back against any kind of conformity. Again, she's unique. She's interesting. And I think to other people, to people either not in her close uh, peer group or, uh, you know, to the person who's not, you know, her partner or her spouse or her boyfriend, she can seem a little bit unapproachable. The difference is, is that the mysterious woman really chooses the people she wants to open up to. So here's the thing. She likes being emotionally attached to a person, a man, uh, you know, a tribe, a community of people. Um, at the same time, though, she is not interested in, you know, she's not desperate for the attention. She also knows who she is. So she, you know, is the woman who really keeps uh, her friend circle a little smaller. Or at least, if it is large, it's still incredibly well-chosen people. She creates these very high-quality relationships with the people she loves. And here's the other thing as well. I've noticed that deeply mysterious women are incredibly protective of their tribe. So yes, it takes some time to get to know them. That's actually one of the things that really deeply helps them um, particularly in dating. And I think that this is why women who tend to wear their heart on their sleeve a little bit more could really take a few things away and, and really um, kind of change the trajectory of maybe some of their romantic encounters is because, you know, um, the mysterious woman who's really brought in that dark feminine energy, she's a little slower to open up. She allows a man to discover her layers. She doesn't just give it all right up front right away. And I think that that little bit of restraint, even if, you know, you're the woman who ha who really wears her heart on her sleeve and, you know, either, you know, has sex with men very quickly, which again, I'm not shaming any of this, but if, if you're not getting the kinds of relationships that you're looking for, I think it can be incredibly helpful and important if you slow down just a little bit, if you take a step back, if you detach slightly, and instead you say, okay, I know that I also really like to become emotionally attached. But I haven't really been attaching to really great people, really great men who have my best interests at heart. So instead, I'm going to take a couple steps back. I'm not desperate to, uh, you know, be in a relationship, be married. I am going to choose incredibly wisely.
So I, I do think that that's one thing that uh, mysterious women uh, tend to do as well. Again, you know, as we talked about before, um, this is the kind of woman who is very busy with her own life. She she has, you know, uh, goals. She has interests. She's cultivated those interests. They're deeply fulfilling to her. Uh, maybe the business that she has or that she runs, uh, the, the hobbies that she has. Um, this is the woman who maybe does a few things that are a little offbeat, right? That aren't, that aren't quite trendy and of the moment. But this is also the woman who has really taken steps to create her own life. What is she really looking for? Um, how is she really, um, you know, kind of moving things forward? She's, she's working on becoming the ideal version of herself. Oh, hey, that's an excellent podcast idea. Ah, guess what your next episode is going to be? How to become the ideal version of yourself. Um, and, you know, that is, that's really much more excellent that's a much more excellent place to be, uh, you know, where you don't have to kind of fake not being clingy, being a little bit more mysterious when you really have your own life and you go after, you know, those kinds of things from that place. And, you know, this, again, this creates a little bit more perspective, I think, sometimes in our lives and allows any and all of us to really kind of say, you know, maybe I haven't gotten all of the things or some of the things that I want out of life. So instead, I'm going to really, I'm going to make a couple of changes. I'm going to decide that, you know, I I want to maybe move a few things forward. I, I want to change a few things about myself. Um, I think that this really allows us to, to grow, to change, to make a few, um, you know, to implement a couple of new things in our lives that can really have a very deep and lasting impact on us because we decide that, you know, um, we're, we're just kind of looking for, that deeper connection with ourself first. So that is what I have for you when it comes to, you know, creating that kind of mysterious, uh, very sensual, very seductive, uh, very attractive kind of those kind of qualities, those kind of traits within yourself. Uh, really play around with them. Um, it's something that I still play around with quite a bit. Um, you know, sometimes. Uh, something isn't serving me anymore. And so I need to kind of disregard something or move into another space. And along with that mystery, I have also had to cultivate those times where I don't just kind of operate from, oops, my phone. Um, I don't really operate from the kind of emotionally detached place. I do open up. I do, you know, bring in that warm energy as well. 
And I think that that's really the importance when it comes to um, creating that mystery. You need the warm with the cool. You can't only be the cool or you can't only have the warm. You need both dynamics and aspects to your life, uh, to your to your personality in order to really create the kind of life that you need. And I think that this really gives us a lot of uh, very deep perspective and helps us really move forward in our life as well. So um, I have a couple of offerings for you today. You will find them in the show notes. Uh, The first is the Create Love Freedom Members Club. And the Members Club is a community of women where we are really doing our self-healing work. Um, where we're going deep into uh, these different self-healing topics that I call master classes each month. And uh, we're really diving into the kind of wounds and trauma that we need to heal, that we need to repattern so that we can really transform our lives into what we want. And so the Members Club is a subscription of $29 a month. You have access to the other women in the Members Club. Um, you have access to a live call with me once a month. Uh, you have access to me. You can text me within um, the Mighty Networks app, or I have the Members Club community. And then you also have access to not only the current month's uh, masterclass or self-healing topic. Uh, in January, we are looking at the fear of failure. And uh, but you also have access to all of the previous masterclasses that I have done and all of the numerous videos there. You can also, if you are going through the um, masterclass library and you don't see a topic that you would like to learn more about, please send me a message. I would love to do a masterclass on that. I actually did one for a woman um, earlier this year or last year, I guess. And um, it was how to um, like have closure in a relationship after it's ended, even when you aren't in communication with that person anymore. And um, so, you know, again, another one that we're going to be doing as well is on betrayal trauma, uh, really kind of taking a deep dive into that because that has been the experience of a few of the women within the members club. Another offering that I have for you is a free quiz. Um, It is on the feminine reclaiming, and I call it process. So where are you in that process? Are you the wounded, uh, the distorted feminine? Have you moved into your awakened space? And then also, how do you move into that awakened space? And how do you move into your divine feminine? So again, there's a free quiz. You'll immediately get your results. And then I have also created the Feminine Reclaiming course. Um, And you can either buy them individually, um, or I have a couple of like little packages where you can do the, you know, distorted feminine, the awakened and the divine. You can also do the wounded, the awakened and the divine, and you can do the awakened and the divine. Um, Otherwise, you can purchase each one individually and really um, move yourself forward. Really understand again where some of those wounds and trauma are coming from. Um, what you need to heal based upon the kinds of you know men that you attract. How to move into that awakened space. What to do when you're there. 
as you're becoming that awakened feminine and really how to move into your divine feminine, how to bring in those kinds of relationships uh, that are deeply meaningful to you, but also how to bring in the, the divine masculine in your life, kind of man who loves and appreciates you, wants to uh, co-create with you in that relationship. And then also how to put your purpose out into the world as well. Because um, especially when we move into that divine feminine space, then we're like, okay, I'm ready to whatever that thing is, right? It could be, um, you know, creating that pottery business on Etsy. You know what I mean? Like it could really be anything, but moving that space forward, what you feel called to do. Um. So yes, all three of those, the members club, the quiz, and the course are all listed and linked in the show notes. You can also go to at Create Love Freedom on Instagram and click on the link in my bio and sign up there as well. So I would love to have you. I would love to hear um, about your progress and your story. So, you know, you can certainly message me within the Create Love Freedom members community. Um and you can also I'm putting up the feminine reclaiming course in Mighty Networks as well. So all of the videos you have access to, um, really at any time, you can take it with you on your phone. You can plug your headphones in and watch, listen, go over things. Um, you know when you're on the go as well. So. I hope that this was helpful for you and that this episode was helpful for you. Look at some ways, find some kind of aspects, uh, some areas, I should say, of your life where you could really integrate some more mystery in your life to kind of uh, bring in a little bit more of that dark feminine, but to also really honor who you are. And with anything, part of being and bringing in some mystery in your life is simply by you being you. So if you are the woman who's already fairly mysterious, bring in some of that warm energy. Still have your mystery, but bring in some of that warm energy. And if you're the woman who is much more of the open book, learn how to bring a few small things into your life, um, into your daily interactions with people, colleagues, men, and mix and match when you need to. Um, try some new things and really create something that's very deeply authentic to who you are as a woman. So again, I hope this episode was helpful for you. Until next time.